0: Welcome to the Denny Price Family YMCA podcast, where we tell the community story. All right, we're here for another podcast, Denny Price Family YMCA. We have the Chambers Brothers, who are local legends around the community for various reasons. We won't get into all those reasons today, but We've got an exciting night here in Enid. We've got the one Christmas tree lighting about I think six o'clock and all the festivities start but today we're going to talk to Caleb Chambers and Micah Chambers and we're going to start with Caleb ask him a few questions on what's been going on. Caleb is a Air Force Academy what exactly do you call yourself cadet Cadet, cadet, and so we're going to talk about kind of your journey from when you decided to be an Air Force Academy cadet. I know you had uh, probably a year or two in advance, you had to start preparing for that. So tell us kind of that uh, that process or that journey you took to
1: get there. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Greg. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast, me and uh, Micah. This is uh, awesome. So, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> uh, I first uh, learned about the Air Force Academy from my uh, grandpa. He went back in uh, the 70s. He graduated in 73 and uh, became a, a chaplain in the Air Force, had a, a long career. So he always harped on me, you know, told me all about the academy, all about, uh, you know, wanting me to go there. Um, My dad was in the Air Force, so I've grown up in an Air Force family. Uh, So, you know, I've been exposed to that throughout my life. And um, around ninth grade, I decided I wanted to go into the Air Force, um, you know, for my career. Um, But I wasn't sold on going to the Air Force Academy um, because of all the stories I heard from my grandpa. It is a very, uh, you know, it's a military school, so it's a lot different than um, not just college, it? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot different than. Yeah, going to I didn't a, know your
0: college. your grandpa was a chaplain. So tell us a little bit about him while we're on him.
1: Yeah, so he uh, he went to the academy, and um, he wasn't a Christian at the academy. But coming out of the academy, his first few years uh, as an Air Force officer, he became Christian, and um, you know was all in for Jesus. And so uh, he he changed his job in the Air Force to uh, a chaplain. And he worked really hard. Um, the chaplain is a, the chaplain job is a great job because you get to. There's not a lot of them in the Air Force. So you basically get to connect with you know a lot of people in the Air Force. So, I've, every base I've been to, like almost everyone I've known has has known my grandpa just because of the uh, the outreach he had. Yeah, what the, a great influence. He made it up to, uh, you know, pretty high ranking in the chaplain corps. So um, he, he retired after 30 years of service and uh, was a was a colonel. Um, so, yeah, I love my grandpa. He's uh, he's awesome. And uh, he's, he's inspired me to, uh, you know, do what I'm doing now. So
0: now you don't want to be a chaplain, but tell us a little bit about the area you kind of chose here recently on kind of your career path as far as the Air Force.
1: Yeah. So my dad was a pilot. Uh, that's the, uh, usually the go-to route for, um, you know, going to the academy or joining the the air force as an officer, not something I was particularly interested in. Um, but something that I, what I am interested in and am pursuing right now is, uh, the special tactics career field. So, um, it's a lesser known career field, but basically it's the guys on the ground that are coordinating, um, any air, uh, power, uh. So you'll be on the ground, you'll be coordinating airstrikes, coordinating uh, evacuations, coordinating um, landings. So, you know, clearing an airstrip in a, in a deployed zone for you know, any airplane to land and drop off supplies or troops, whatever's needed. So it's kind of that, uh, that, that bridge between the, uh, the ground um, forces and the air component forces. So that's what I'm training for. That's what I hope to be uh, once I graduate from the academy um, I'm a junior right now, so I, I have this year finishing off, and then I'll have one year uh, left, and then I'll graduate in May of 2023. So, now, your training, if you take this job and they accept you,
0: you go to San Antonio, and that's for two years? Is that what you told me the other day? Is that yeah, correct? so
1: um, most of the training um, is, is – well, the training's all over the world, but the training starts in San Antonio. Um, so you, I'll go to San Antonio um, first – Do some training there and then go to different places across the United States for uh, other trainings. There's uh, a certain number of uh, training schools you have to go through. They're all, you know, various lengths, but, um, you know, a couple months is usually uh, the average for how long they
0: are. All right. One more question for you on career path. We always see these drones now. That's kind of the new cool thing, you know, to bomb people with drones instead of flying jets. And do you get to do any drone stuff in the Air Force? Is that part of your job being you, – do you spot it all, or is it just strictly what you, what you talked about? Is there any drone work with that?
1: Um, yeah, the drones uh, – Is that top secret information we can't talk about? <laughs> uh, I don't know, you know, everything, but um, there is – you know, drones are part of air power, and so you can coordinate, a, yeah. you know, drone – attacks drone strikes um drones do a lot of isr which is like intelligence surveillance yeah. and reconnaissance so um i will you know if i get the job i will be involved with uh drones a lot as yeah well, so. cool all right we're gonna jump over to little brother now
0: and uh so tell us your path micah on swimming i assume you've swam since you're a little guy right yes sir and so you enjoyed swimming or is it just hard work when you're a little or, you know, some swimmers swim or some athletes do it just because they're good at it. Do you actually like to swim?
2: Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me first off, but I got into swimming after watching the 2012 Olympics when I was 10. And I, this is back when we were living in uh, New Mexico and I asked my mom, I was like, I want to do that. Can we find a swim team around, around these parts? And, She found one, got involved in it, and I've been swimming ever since I was 10. So, about nine years now. You know,
0: swimming's interesting because a lot of people don't think about swimming until they see the Olympics. And swimming is huge in the Olympics. And I don't watch swimming other than pre Olympic and Olympic. And everybody enjoys the swimming. One of the guys that does the color for the swimming, uh, Rowdy Gaines, which is you probably heard and Mm -hmm. seen is obviously Olympic gold medalist and swimmer. Yeah. And he makes it so exciting that even I think, God, I should have been a swimmer even though I can't hardly swim. But he makes it exciting. And I'm sure that the numbers – and I've actually seen this statistic, how the numbers go up for Olympic sports right after the Olympics. Gymnasts, you know, a lot of girls mm-hmm. jump into gymnastics because yeah. they see the girls. Swimming's a big jump, you know. So it's really cool to see how people get excited about something <clears throat> that they see on TV and they jump into it. But obviously – you're more than just a swimmer you're a a high division one athlete so tell us a little bit about you know you started swimming how long have you guys lived in enid i don't even know that question how long have you guys been here
1: six years yeah we moved here in uh 2015. okay Uh, so i was going into my sophomore year of high school um i don't know what i was in eighth grade Yeah. yeah
2: yeah
0: so you jumped right in And now you homeschooled, right, all through high school? Okay.
2: I I was homeschooled my whole life except sixth grade. Oh, okay. Um, But, yeah, when we got here, got involved with the homeschool program, uh, classical conversations. Did that eighth grade through senior year, um, swimming all that time. Coming to Enid um, from where we lived in New Mexico, I was, Mom, we got to find a swim team. Yeah. Um, So found the uh, Enid YMCA team at the time. Back when we got here, and then later it's been changed now into the Aquatic Club of Enid. But um, yeah, it was, it was just something definitely on my list to do when we got to Enid. Yeah, I had to find a swim team. So, yeah, find yeah. a swim team. Now, yeah. did
0: you guys, of course, I know Caleb played football, but did you play anything else besides swim?
2: Before um, swimming, played t ball, baseball, soccer, yeah. did a little football, did yeah. tackle football for a season, but. Once I got into swimming, I just stuck with it. Well, jumped into it. Well, yeah. it paid off. So, yeah. well, tell us about the transition from
0: being a high school swimmer mm-hmm. to now a Division One, which is an extremely high level of, of athlete. You now, I coached for 26 years th- at the basketball level mm-hmm. or college level in basketball. But, it never. you know, every time we'd have, you know, eight to ten new guys come in, they would always say, you know, I had no idea how hard I had to work. Uh, you know, they tell me they lifted weights and then mm-hmm. when we lifted weights, it was like a whole different level mm-hmm. uh, practices were obviously more intense games, things like that. But tell yeah. us the difference between being a swimmer at the um, high school level versus all yeah. of a sudden you get thrown into the pool at the, at the higher level.
2: Yeah, yeah. no going to D one. It's, it's definitely a whole new beast. Um, I didn't lift that much in high school. We lift quite a bit um, in, uh, in Tennessee at Tennessee. Um, but yeah as far as practices and just the mentality of just going to practice each day there's a higher goal is winning championships winning you know that national title sec title but yeah practices just how we get there and um we get our bodies ready for practice I mean in high school it was just you know focus on academics because obviously the goal in high school is to you know get to college yeah but um but for, so Tennessee
0: doesn't focus on athlete. I mean, on, well, well right? yes, yeah. <laughs>
2: yes. I mean, you got to perform in the classroom. If you want to perform in the pool, um, they'll, they'll pull you out if you're not doing your job in the uh, classroom, but, but we definitely, you know, away from the classroom, when we get to the pool, it's all, we put our game face on when every practice we're training for something bigger. So.
0: Yeah. Um, my, uh, my niece on my wife's side swam at Missouri state. Okay. So she was a, division one swimmer not Uh, as high a level as you obviously but
2: i actually um so when i was looking for schools and looking at schools i actually verbally committed to um missouri state oh really wow and uh because at that point i didn't have very many options i there was i had quite a few options but like they gave me the most money and they they do have a good program yeah um so i verbally committed there um and then my buddy here uh jonathan stewart he um one of the brothers of the the Stewart family yep. that is. They got a bunch here of the, Yeah, a lot of brothers. Um, he swam at OBU, um, Oklahoma Baptist University, for Sam Freeze, and Sam Fries, the coach there, knew Matt Credit, my head coach at uh, Tennessee. So during my recruiting process, Jonathan Stewart got in contact with Matt Credit, telling him about me, and I was able to get a um, a phone call with Lance, the um, the head men's coach at that time. Yeah, and that's how I got my. You know, that's how I got talking to the University of Tennessee and everything went from there and uh, told the Missouri State coaches that I was going to go to Tennessee after that. But after uh, Lance offered me some money and, and an opportunity there on that team. So but that's funny that you, uh, your niece was um, – Yeah, Missouri State. Say, yeah.
0: Well, she told horror stories, been up at like 4.30 every morning, <laughs> swimming for like two hours, going to class, and then coming back and swimming again. Yeah. I think the swimming is, is probably a natural two-a-day sport. Mm -hmm. because you don't have the wear and tear of your body like you would with running or football or basketball or other things, baseball, whatever it may be. So tell us about those early mornings. I'm sure you had some, uh, you do five, six, seven days a week, or how do you guys do that?
2: Yeah. So our schedule is two swims on Monday. Um, some in the morning on Tuesday, some in the afternoon, um, for only an hour. Usually it's two hour practices, only some of the, um, afternoon, Tuesdays for an hour and then lift an hour for an hour on Tuesday, Wednesday, we um, do two swims Thursdays. We do uh, no swim in the morning. we actually take a, a morning off and then swim and lift in the afternoon. Friday, two swims, um, morning and afternoon. And then Saturday, swim in the morning and then lift in the morning right after. And then we have the rest of the day off. And then Sundays, Sundays are the day off as well. But um, so yeah, you guys our, do one day, we'll a, one
0: day off a week. Is that kind of the norm? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Plus a couple. So that so Thursday morning we'll have off. So. We, it's a good schedule and I'm up. Tuesday mornings are my earliest day because I have an 8 a.m. class, so I have to go to practice a little early um, with a couple other teammates. And we, I wake up at five, five fifteen in the morning, and at the pool we're ready to jump in the water at yeah. five thirty. You know, that,
0: it sounds terrible, yeah. but you kind of get used to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, for and sure. then you know, I
0: know, uh, you know, our guys would we're used to staying up late. And it didn't take them long to figure out that, you know, the earlier you go to bed, the better you're going to feel. Exactly, that's yeah. part of the discipline of being a, a high level athlete, athlete is yeah. learning to eat right, learning to sleep right. Mm-hmm. Um, college kids never get enough sleep. No. Um, there's a lot of research out, particularly on high level athletes and, um, that they try to sleep even up to 10 to 12 hours a day. Now they're not in college at this point when they can do that, but yeah. uh, rest is obviously important. So I'm giving you a Very little tidbit important. on, on getting some rest. So, yeah. yeah. Um, now Caleb did say though, that he could still beat you in the pool. I don't know if that's really? possible or not. So, yeah. uh, now tell you're a sprinter, right? Yes, sir. You're a 50 and hundred or just 50 hundred. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: I do some butterfly and backstroke as well yeah. as freestyle.
0: Um, I, the the 50 is really fun to watch in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you blink, you miss the whole thing. They're so fast now. It's crazy. Yeah. And they're literally like beating each each guy by like an inch. Yeah. So there's not a lot of room for error on the sprints. No. But uh, all right, so tell us the gold medalist for the 50 this year. Do you remember his name?
2: Yeah, Caleb Dressel. Um, he did remember it good. I remember yeah, that he's, too. He's quite an idol in the sport. Everyone, everyone looks up to him. He's been dominating the pool for quite a while now. Um, out of college his, his uh, senior year. He was breaking American records, um, in the short course pool. And then he goes to the long course pool, the Olympic size pool and is breaking more records, um, and winning gold medals. So yeah, he's definitely someone that we look up to in the sport, but he's, he's crazy.
0: I remember when you guys weren't even around, this was back when I was a kid, we would watch the Olympic swimming. Of course, Mark Spitz and those guys, you legends of swimming. Mm -hmm. And those guys are just kind of skinny guys. Now they're big, strong football looking athletes. They've changed their bodies change their diet. So when you guys lift, what parts of your body are you spending the most time on?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, so when I got to college, that's also something that was different um, from high school, just lifting a couple weights. Uh, we focus specifically on um, certain parts of the body and we have a great strength and conditioning coach that um, researches best ways that um, sprinters can build, where to build muscle on sprinters and just swimmers in general. So we'll spend a lot of times on Developing our lats, shoulders, um, squatting still, um, the leg power, and then a lot of just like uh, stability, mobility, um, core. Stuff. Core is big for everybody very, nowadays. Very, very yeah. Big, yeah, That's kind of so,
0: came in on all sports. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time with core with our basketball guys they didn't realize that their core was so weak until we got a hold of them. Of course, they couldn't even walk, you know, for a couple of days after all the core work we did. Yeah. But anytime you're moving, adjusting, twisting, turning, you know, the cores, if you Big did point. nothing but core, that would be better than some of the other things. Honestly, yeah. And that's kind of with anything now. They've really changed how we work out as as athletes. And, and I know I'm far from a, a collegiate athlete at this point in my life, but I, I play golf, which is – um, a sport that is more mental, mental than it is physical. But yeah. I've even learned in the last few years, the older I get, the more core work I do, the better my back is and further I hit the ball. Even oh, yeah. night. I'm actually hit the ball further now than I did 10 years ago because I do a lot of yeah. core work. So really changed how I do things. But nobody's interested in listening to me talk about golf. But <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about you guys' families. Let's get both of you involved with this. You guys have a big family. Tell us about brothers, sisters. And I know, of course, your mom's got COVID right now. So She's probably home quarantined, but what do you when you guys get together for Thanksgiving? Tell us about your family, brothers and sisters, a little bit.
1: Yes, yeah, so, you guys can
0: take turns back and forth <laughs> if you want. So um,
1: I'm the eldest. Uh, he's the second eldest of seven total kids, um, so we have a a, a large family, and um, it's something that I've always uh, loved. I've always, you know, enjoyed being a part of the family, especially as my role being the eldest. Do you ever feel like dad sometimes being, what are you, 22, 21, <laughs> 21, 21, so, right? Yeah. So I, yeah, sometimes I do feel, uh, that I have, you know, that responsibility to kind of help bring up the, uh, the younger few, uh, just, you know, because I have experienced a lot of the things that they're going through right now. Um, but yeah, I'm very thankful for all of them. They look up to me. You know, I look, I look up to them. Got them fooled, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, messing around and, and clowning around still. So it's a good time. I love coming home. Now
0: your youngest
1: of your siblings is four. Is that correct? Four. Yeah. It'll be, uh, will be five on Christmas Eve this year. So.
0: And I haven't even met him yet. So what's his name?
2: His name is Simeon. Simeon. All right. So what is he like? He's uh he's pretty rowdy. I mean, you don't have to go, you don't have to walk very far in the house to find something going on. and He's usually in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Jake, and the second youngest, but, um, we were even playing a card game last night and we were all just getting into it and having a great time. But yeah, it's definitely very energetic around the house. Siblings are
0: interesting because they can be apart, but when they get them back together, it's almost like you revert back to when you were kids again and mm-hmm. all the things that you did. And even though you have little ones as siblings, they're still part of everything that you do. It's kind of a unique experience. People that don't have large families don't really understand that, um, mm-hmm. how how neat it is to just get all of them together and just be loud and noisy. And even if you tear a few things up, it's still good. But, um, so tell us about you guys growing up. What, what did you guys, did you guys spend a lot of time together? I know you have different interests, but what did you guys do together? Do you like do you like to fish? Do you like to hunt? Do you just play catch? What do you guys do together?
1: Yeah. So, um, i i love hanging out with my family and we we do everything together so growing up we were very close-knit uh, my dad was a very big outdoors guy and just fostered um, a family culture of you know we'd rather do things together and um you know go on long road trips than you know fly in a plane or you know on vacations we'd go camping or go up to the mountains do something that it wasn't as touristy i guess but you know foster more of a family time family atmosphere so some big things we love to do was um going up to the mountains snowboarding skiing I remember doing that every year since I was yeah. eight um and a funny story about the Olympics uh so I mean we also at home just tear it up every day I skateboard well, we all skateboarded and, and and uh rode scooters when we were little because there was a skate park right next to uh where we lived yeah growing up. So we'd go there every day, but I remember, uh, one the winter Olympics, I think it was the, the big one that, uh, Sean White really came out oh, yeah. of, uh, right. of the woodworks. And yeah. Kind of, you know, put on that display of yeah. winning all those gold medals. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike has always been inspired by the Olympics, whether it's winter or summer. And so there's a time where you yep, got February, through. the
0: second, I think is the winter coming uh-huh. up. Right. Uh-huh. Does that sound right? Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he um, he you know saw Sean White just like he saw Michael Phelps the the Summer Olympics. Michael Phelps was yeah. a decent athlete. You know, yeah. <laughs> how many
0: gold medals did he win total? Twenty eight. I mean, that's just silliness. Yeah. You should, and it was four different Olympics if I remember right. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah. And he, did he didn't he take a, a gap time where he kind of went into a funk and got away from it all? Then he came back, or was that he, kind oh, of in between the
2: two? In between one of the Olympics, yeah. But, you know, was I, Rio
1: his last Olympics? Yeah.
0: I mean can you imagine being that good at something
2: and I know that's the goal of
0: all of us is to be great but genetics play such a big part of you know being that elite but then putting in the works a combination of those things too mm-hmm. so yeah. kind of the perfect storm you've got genetically he's kind of built funny he's long long waisted long arms broad yeah. shoulders but then the amount of time which you understand that that it takes to be that good and then you got the mental part of aspect of it too yeah. which uh, is probably just as important as the genetic part uh, as being mentally tough, like a Tom Brady who's, you know, what is he, 90 years old, and he's still playing <laughs> the NFL. It seems like he's been playing forever. Yeah. You know, so – all right, well, Micah, tell us a funny story on Caleb.
2: Funny story on Caleb. I mean, <laughs> I can't really think of one right now. But the, we would always – I just remember being inspired by him. Like, I just always – um Growing up, I mean, you kind of look up to your older brother, huh? Sure. But uh, we would always go to the skate park, like you was saying, and he he would always like he's always been one with fashion and whatnot. But back then, it was like the <laughs> skater look, and he had his big BCs on, and like he was he kind of enabled like that skater boy type of a. Uh, now dc
0: then. what is that, that jeans or pants the, the, the shoes but oh, um, i thought those were, i thought they were vans Is that a different vans? i mean he had vans he had, oh he, yeah, got, he got, got, them got them both all. i got he had them all yeah all right well i'm but, not a skateboard guy so he was, you he was being
2: the skateboard bit. like that that inspired me but he's just like <laughs> he looked funny whenever he was uh
0: did was, you did you do any blonde you know in your hair or anything no, like that i never now? got that skateboard look though it was long hair
1: yeah i did have the long hair that that was back in the beaver days oh yeah heard about that so oh yeah i definitely have the beaver cut the the baggy uh or actually no there's the skinny jeans with the big uh puffy shoes but yeah that's what yeah. he's talking about yeah. skinny
0: jeans i don't i probably don't look good in skinny jeans that's not my thing so <laughs> all right so caleb tell us funny uh funny story on micah Did you um, think of anything funny
1: yeah so like, uh, wearing a
0: swimsuit that's way too small or yeah like
1: that? <laughs> yeah he would always uh you know come home looking looking funny in swimsuits i i would, would always give him a hard time for uh being a swimmer he would uh, shave his whole body.
2: Oh, yeah. You got to do all that. Uh, so <laughs> I would always give him a hard time about that. Does it just... grow back? Yeah, it's growing back right now. Actually, I actually got it shaved recently for our big uh, mid-season invite meet um, last weekend. But it's growing back right now. But it definitely looks funny whenever it happens. It starts prickling out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now does normal. that
0: actually make any difference that just what a swimmer does?
2: It's as much as it's mental. Like when you get in the water with no hair, the, the feel. But it's also, you know, it reduces drag when you're a guy yeah. and you have that much hair on your yeah. body but
0: yeah i mean i know swimmers do it i just didn't know if that was something they just do to be doing it or yeah. is it actually legitimate we talking about milliseconds of course sometimes that may be the difference between winning and losing
2: too but yeah no it helps yeah for sure
0: well we're close to our 30 minute time limit but i appreciate you guys coming in <clears throat> excuse me and uh, we're going to continue to follow both you guys through your air force career whether you're flying a drone or you're uh, guiding people on on landings and moving people around and swimming and hopefully the Olympics in France in 2024? 2024. Yeah. Does that sound right? But it sounds like a long time off and it's not really, is it? Not really. Not so that's sure. kind of the plan, right? Hopefully at some point. Yes, sir. So you've got to get some of those older guys to retire before you can catch <laughs> them. Right. Yeah. But one thing about swimming in the Olympics is if you're good enough to be on the swimming Olympic team, you got a chance to win because our yeah. Olympic swim teams as good as there is every year along with, yeah. you know several other countries that are good too but we we won't talk about them their rivals so
1: so who's <laughs> the big to, i was talking to foster about this yesterday or a couple of days ago actually and he was talking about how he thought swimming was you know such a a, a set in stone sport like uh, you you got the good guys and then you got everyone else in it there's not really that many upsets and um you know i was telling him i, I watched the last olympics and i thought there was quite a few upsets and uh you know, it's kind of like it's a, it can be anyone's game. I remember watching one of the the races, some eighteen year old from like Georgia or Kazakhstan, you know, some uh, Asian country that no one had ever heard of him, and mm-hmm. he won gold in something. Yeah. And so it's always fun to see the Olympics, just to see. There's a girl also who beat Katie Ledecky. I remember uh, seeing that. Yeah, you know, everyone was surprised, and it was yeah, like, wow. Yeah. Um, she was like from Alaska or something. So I, I definitely yeah, think. she is from Alaska. Like, That's
0: right. I definitely. But she think. was young. Like yeah. seventeen. Yeah. Of course, the, of course, the ladies are a little different. They usually peak out earlier than the guys do. The, the guys yeah. are usually in the in the lower to upper twenties, and the ladies sometimes are sixteen to twenty one or twenty two.
2: Yeah. If you have a lane, one of those eight lanes in finals, you're in. Uh, you're in uh, the chances of getting a gold medal. I mean, it's sure. as simple as that. So well, I mean, you're down to eight I mean, in the yeah, whole exactly. world.
0: That's pretty impressive. Yeah. One one thing kind of cool too is the sprints that you're in are so close. That it's probably easier to upset somebody than the longer distance, you know, what? what's the longest swim they have now? Good grief. It takes like 15 or 20 minutes. What mile, is it? The mile. Is it the mile? Yeah. It, who would want to swim a mile, <laughs> you know? So, but they're, they're a lot less likely to have the upsets on those longer races mm-hmm. in my opinion. The More of a chance
2: to make your move. And yeah. Whatnot, just but, the
0: start. I mean, those yeah. guys jump in dolphin kick and go and all of a sudden you're done, you know? So, yeah. All right, so let me uh, let me close this up, guys. I appreciate your time, and uh, of course, if there's anything I can ever do for you guys, you're welcome to come by any time. But appreciate thanks it. for thanks for the day, and hope you guys didn't eat too much turkey. Particularly you, you got to get back <laughs> in the pool, right? Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you.